welcome folks to the MMOs.com podcast, episode 101, Into the Triple Digits. Uh, this is Altai, joined by... Omer. And here we are. We have two people this week. And before we get to the weekly raid, we should make a couple of announcements. I want to say that uh, both Gumby and Sean are missing in action. And I said Gumby and Sean. Matt and Gumby are missing in action. And going forward, uh, Erhan and I will be permanent members of the PotMMOs.com podcast. Shu will be joining us pretty regularly, but we will not be seeing more of Gumby and Sean, uh, mainly because we are running out of mesos on MMOs.com. Uh, simply, simply put, we do not generate enough money on MMOs.com to support a staff. Uh, that doesn't, however, however, that does not mean uh, we'll stop doing these podcasts. We'll stop doing videos on YouTube, but it'll just be mainly my brother and I doing most of the content going forward. Uh, we obviously, you know, I have a lot of respect for both Matt and Sean. I've spoken to them in the past, and doing the podcast was always, you know, kind of a voluntary gig for them as well. They never got paid for doing the podcast. It was just they did it out of love and for fun. Uh, they get paid to do some work on the site, and they'll be doing some work on the site for a bit longer. But uh, because this is not, you know, this was never a paid position for them on the podcast. And because we can't pay them going forward on doing some stuff on the site, they will no longer be joining us on the podcast. We are open to uh, accepting more questions about that, clarifying anything if people want to know. But I do want to say we'll be pressing forward with the podcast and everything on the site. But uh, we do want to keep the podcast a regular show today. And we plan to have a lot of fun with it still going forward. So if you've been watching us for 100 episodes, hopefully we'll have 100 more or maybe 1,000 more break that big four digits. And uh, I think Erhan will be taking over the weekly raid. So yes. any any words, or you want to take the weekly raid? Well, I will say, hopefully, a thousand more weeks of podcasts, hopefully. Uh, it mm -hmm. won't just be us, to, like Omar said, sure, we'll make a guest yep. appearances, uh, as usual. And we are open to other guests uh, of interest. Uh, could be regular viewers. I know we, in the past we've yep. had a few of these. Or uh, people of interest from other aspects of gaming, areas of gaming. So we shall see. We shall keep trying new things, and we shall push forward. I also want to say a big thanks to Shirelia. I don't think you guys knew this either. Shirelia was never paid by Mo's.com, and she's always been helping us out. A good friend of mine for a long time, so she'll still be, again, showing the podcast from time to time. A big thank you for her. Again, you know, she never really got paid for doing anything on here, but, you know, we mega appreciate her help. And, again, she'll be joining us from time to time as well. All right. Well, and uh, we'll, leave, uh, we'll leave any questions you guys have to the post game. Mm -hmm. uh, for now, the show must go on. Indeed so, it must, and there's a lot of great stuff for us to talk about this week, actually. Stuff I'm actually mega excited to talk about, because it gets pretty dramatic. And with that, I'll, I'll let you take it away with the weekly raid. Alright, the weekly raid this week is, Are You Hyped for Ashes of Creation? This is the story of the week, boys and girls. Well, just boy, mm -hmm. uh, here. <laughs> this is the game of the uh, week to talk about. Ashes of Creation, announced only four months ago at the at the very end of last year, slash early this year, has just opened their Kickstarter on yesterday. May 1st was their Kickstarter day. And they hit their record, um, or their ask, of $750,000. They hit it in under 12 hours. So let me open that up here. So what do you think of yeah, that, Omar? What do you think of that? Uh, look, they, they reached their goal much faster than I did. And I know of the podcast crew, I was probably the biggest vocal critic of Ashes of Creation, namely because of the, the founder's past with uh, Zango and his MLM marketing. But before we get to some of that stuff, I do want to focus on the positives, okay? I think it's remarkable how much buzz Ashes of Creation has gotten. I have seen streamers on Twitch, people that don't play MMOs, people that stream shooters, people that stream MOBAs, talk about Ashes of Creation. 
it's created so much buzz about MMOs, and the fact that Asher Creation is reigniting interest in the genre, I think is a massive positive for everyone. I mean, people are talking about MMOs again. People, again, streamers that I know don't play MMOs, that don't stream MMOs, are talking about Asher Creation. That's a huge positive. I have a lot of negative things to say, but for now, let's focus on the positives. All right, that's true. There's a lot of there's a lot of nitty gritty here, guys. There's a this mm -hmm. this what what what's the term? This uh this cave or this story goes deep. All right, there's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, layers to this, uh, including why a lot of personalities would be interested in and in, uh, in hyping this. There are, there are there may be ulterior motives in play, but first let's stick to the game. I'm playing the trailer, their Kickstarter trailer here in the background. Mm -hmm. This is the man. This is the main man you guys are seeing now. He is funding this project. Mainly, it should be noted, guys. This is not. A, this is not purely a Kickstarter-funded game. Mm -hmm. uh, this guy is very well off through his previous business ventures. So this studio is well funded. Uh, so he has the money to keep it going for as long as he wants. So there is. Um, there's something to be said for that. So this won't crash and burn purely because they don't make money off crowdfunding. Mm -hmm. Uh, also, I want to say, I, I mean, I've seen the Kickstarter video and I recommend anyone, everyone does check it out, even if you don't intend on funding the game. There are some great ideas uh, in Ash of Creation. If you haven't seen those part one and part two, there are some pretty cool game design ideas uh, behind the game. I mean, the concept of a world that kind of reacts to players and each zone reacts how players uh, contribute to that zone and multiple different nodes build competing in different areas. There are some great design ideas behind Ash of Creation. I, that's not the area I want to criticize at all. I think. I think there's a good vision, there's an interesting idea, and usually, you know, these things really hit speed bumps when it comes to the details, the nitty-gritty behind it, the feasibility, and the actors involved is when these things start getting shady. But based on the Kickstarter alone, I think a lot of people will look at this and get mega excited. And the problem is people don't think deeper beyond just that surface level of excitement. Because anyone that, I, anyone that watched that video is going to be hella impressed, and I don't blame them for being impressed because... There's a lot of cool shit back there, and it's a Western-developed game as well. And we've seen so many Asian games launch here, and we really haven't seen a AAA or just you know another non-super indie MMORPG. And this, se this seems to be promising the world. It's filling a void. Uh, this and Chronicles of Lyria I would put in the same category of getting people excited about MMORPGs again. So that's a positive aspect of Ashler Creation. Yeah, and, uh, this, the story behind Intrepid Studios is uh, worth mentioning here. Uh, the development for this game started in early 2016. So one of the, I guess, uh, positives here is they're not coming to Kickstarter with an idea. They're not just saying, listen, I'm a guy who wants to make a game. Give me your money. right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then I'll go hire people who know how to make games. This, these mm -hmm. guys have a studio. They have a team. He's hired a lot of people that used to work at uh, Sony Online Entertainment slash you know, Daybreak Games. Um, they closed a lot of their games. They let a lot of people go. A lot of guys who worked on EverQuest, EverQuest 2, EverQuest Next, uh, Vanguard, Saga of Heroes. That was a, another EverQuest-style game. A lot of those guys that worked on those games were hired by Intrepid Studios to work on this. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to feel like that, I think, um, mm -hmm. once we can play it. And they have over a year of development already before they came to Kickstarter. So that's worth mentioning. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they have a real staff. This is not like... After you get the money, they hire people. I mean, mm -hmm. I think I th we saw uh, Asher uh, Chronicles of Valyria kind of start hiring people after they after they raise the money. I mean, the guy, the, Mr. Uh, Stephen Sharif, he's a wealthy guy. He made a lot of money in his businesses. He made a lot of money investing. So this is this is this does seem like a passion project for him. So with that in mind, and you can kind of see the excitement in the video as well. 
I mean, people have been kind of labeling. The, some people have been labeling the game a scam. I think I don't think that's entirely fair either. I think the guy's clearly interested in MMORPGs. It kind of shows with what he's doing. I think we can dive into the background a bit more over here. A quick story about the background about gaming before we mm -hmm. go to his how yep. he made his money. Uh, he, mm -hmm. I think the, the guys behind this are legitimately sincere about being yeah. super into MRPGs. I have a little anecdote. Uh, this guy has a, I guess he lived or has a home in Las Vegas, where actually Omar and I, you, you know, live most of the year. And there was a story I read about how he would fly people across the country to his house in Las Vegas and have these huge, long lineage two like sessions with his, you know, with his guildmates or whatever. So mm -hmm. this guy is clearly, a, you know, was a hardcore, dedicated MMORPG player uh, who, you know, who enjoys spending his money on, on his hobby, right, which is MMORPGs. So that's mm -hmm. kind of cool that he has that background and interest. I think, like, if I ever made, like, billions of dollars, there's always passion projects I would want to do as well. Like, I would want to, like, make a movie, right? Make some kind of anime, make some kind of video game. Like, movie, anime, video game. And, like, those are, like, big things I would love to do if I ever had, like, a shit ton of money. So it's always cool to see somebody who did make a lot of money pursue their passion. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, this guy opened up his wallet well before he even came to Kickstarter. He hired all these people. He's got 12 people working for him. And even if you assume they're working for, like, very low California wages of, like, 50K a year for these, you know, talented people that have industry experience, that's a lot. I think 600 grand a year. And assuming they worked for a year already, he's already spent 600 grand. That's not even counting all the licenses for software, his office leases. So this guy's already putting his own money, uh, I guess, you know, where his mouth is before yeah. he became the Kickstarter. So definitely props to his passion for the genre and for how much money he put in already. However, I don't think it's fair to hype up a game without giving people full context. And this is why uh, last week or the week before that, I was we had a segment about the hype police and how we had to kind of criticize uh, Ashley's creation and try to give the full picture. Because I think a lot of YouTubers and a lot of you know media personalities, Twitch personalities, there is a financial incentive for them to hype the crap out of Ashley's creation. And that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yep, here it comes, boys. If this all sounded too cheery to be true, you know, coming from us, uh, mm -hmm. now you're in for it. We just wanted to make sure, you know, you guys know that we're being honest here. We gave you both sides, right? We, we told mm -hmm. you that this guy's, this guy's interested. He's passionate. He has the money. Now, here comes mm -hmm. the parts that we really question this project, okay? So, Omar, I don't know if you want to start it. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll lay some of the, uh, some of the uh, foundations now because I was criticizing them from the get-go. Uh, anyone who is not aware, uh, the guy made, you know, he initially got, you know, his first success selling um, juices. These uh, miracle juices, they make you lose weight, they're good for your digestive systems, you know, your typical like snake oil juice that's supposed to be like, be very healthy for you, right? And he did this through an MLM called Zango. You know, he was a young guy, I think he said he was 18. He came out ahead of this and he posted on uh, the Asher Creation subreddit talking about how Asher Creation's referral system is not an MLM and it's not a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme. But I think my brother and I have a good rule of thumb. If you have to say you're not a pyramid scheme, <laughs> <laughs> Typically, you know, that raises some eyebrows. Like, you don't, you should never have to say, like, oh, oh, we are not a pyramid scheme. Like, anytime you say we're not a pyramid scheme, people are going to think, holy shit, are these guys a pyramid scheme? Like, it just seems so obvious. Like, you shouldn't have to say that. Should... It just, it's so nutty. Go ahead. I need to interject here. There's a British okay, uh, comedy called uh, Peep Show. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched it, but there's an episode in Peep Show where one of the characters, you know, basically falls for um, a pyramid scam. And he's trained to start the pitch like this, to literally say, this is not pyramid selling. Please hear me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Ashes of Creation, day one, um, they're pulling a peep show, boys. <laughs> this is not pyramid <laughs> selling. Now hear me out. <laughs> <laughs>
So, I mean, naturally that raises some eyebrows, right? And it's weird because we're seeing a game that's being funded by, like, there's some industry vendors behind it. I mean, the guy put a lot of money into it. But when you start looking at the background, it does raise some questionable things. Uh, first of all, the whole, you know, potential pyramid schemes. People are saying that because you get paid to refer people. So let's say a YouTuber uh, signs up to Astro Creation, and now he's got a referral link. And he shares that referral link in his YouTube video saying, guys, check out Astro Creation. This game is mega exciting. And if you, the viewer, clicks on that link and you sign up for Astro Creation, now any amount of money that you spend back in the game on Kickstarter, buying the game or spending money in-game, the YouTuber who referred you or the person that referred you gets 15%. Now, normally, this is a normal affiliate system. Games do this all the time. Uh, any advertisers do this. Any kind of product does this. EVE Online does it. FF14 does it. WoW does it. It's normal. But when you start giving people 15% referral fees for the amount they get from Kickstarter, so <laughs> it's like they're paying people to get more people to pledge for them. That's when it starts getting iffy. Like, why would any? This is the first time I've ever seen a Kickstarter with a built-in affiliate system for the Kickstarter. Like, they're not giving away in-game rewards either. They're giving away cold, hard cash. So people are incentivized to hype the shit out of this game. Just today, we've gotten three comments on MMOs.com. People are saying, Astro Creation, best game ever. Check it out. And they're dropping their referral links on MMOs.com. Luckily, it gets caught by our spam filters, and I just delete them. But people are spamming YouTube videos. They're spamming comments on website, social media. They're, it, it, it's a hype machine that builds more hype machines because people want to get paid. There are so many people that want to get paid that are pushing affiliate links because they're not getting rewarded with in-game currency. They're getting rewarded with cold, hard cash. And it's just it rubs me the wrong way that the way the affiliate system is set up, especially with a guy coming from a background of MLM. Yep. If you don't know what MLMs are, maybe you want to talk a little bit about MLMs. Sure. So MLMs, multi-level marketing, basically you make your money not through selling products okay, to customers. You make your money by recruiting people who then buy the product and they try to sell it. Okay, so mm -hmm. you're selling a dream basically. And if you've if you've uh, ever watched uh, or listened to been unfortunate enough to listen to a pitch from one of these from your friends or family, it's always like be your own boss, drive the Lamborghini, you know, just just, <laughs> just sign up, sign sign the dotted lines, give me your money, and you'll be rich. And in some ways, honestly, this guy is perfect for kickstarting. Uh, anything really right because the whole point of a kickstarter is to sell a dream right this, the dream of like you know the best mrpg or in the case of star citizen the space you know the modern space sim so selling a dream is literally this guy's bread and butter and by the way he was very successful he sold a lot of juice he made a lot of money uh mm -hmm. doing this and it's i'm kind of if anything i'm kind of glad he's pouring his you know scammy yeah. money he made into something we're interested in mrpg so i'm glad it's going here rather than another you know this guy could easily just buy more lamborghinis so i don't think he's just doing this as a scam but i do think he knows that this kind of referral system works it works it gets interest it gets attention it gets it gets people motivated it gets the word out there so he knows it works that's why he's doing it um i don't think he's doing this purely to make money for himself he's doing it because he knows this is going to be really good advertising uh, and so you have all the 12 year olds spamming, like you said, links everywhere. It's annoying mm -hmm. for us, but it's going to work for him. <laughs> all right. Another thing I want to say, I mean, look, again, he, the guy is available on Reddit if you want to ask him questions. Uh, and I'm I've been trying to converse with him. Uh, I haven't heard back from him recently, but I, I asked him because he posted on Reddit talking about um, that, you know, his, 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 what he did is MLMs. And I asked him if he, you know, in a typical MLM fashion, did you recruit other distributors? Because the way MLMs make a lot of money is they sell the dream of being able to be your own boss, right? And he's saying he sold products. 
So he, and he specifically replies back to me saying, I did not recruit other distributors. He starts sensing he didn't recruit other distributors. But this is the internet. You can't really get away with lying on the internet. I'm not calling him a potential liar. I'm a based, you know, what I say right now on what I found. I found his website uh, called onlymangosteen.com. And at, I found it via this link. And maybe you want to show that as well. There's a Twitter account called Stephen Sharif Zango. Presumably, it's his account. It has his name on it. And it says Zango. And it advertises a website. His website back in 2009 when he made all this money. And on his website, you can see through archive.org. Even, even if your website is down, you really can't hide your content. Because when your website goes down, your website gets archived by something called the Wayback Machine. People can go back and see what your website looked like back in 2008, 2009. And all over his website, he's plastering, become an independent distributor, jumpstart your promotion, start distributing uh, Zangos. You can make your own money. You can get the products cheaper this way. You know, So he is recruiting other distributors to the platform. So I mean, I don't know whether he forgot. It's been a long time. Or this might not be his website, but it is linked to it by Stephen Sharif Zango on Twitter. So either it's somebody pretending to be him or it's a website selling the same juices he sold. But regardless, he was involved in the MLM. And I do want to say that alone should not write this game off. I mean, I know it's a big uh, a question mark over the game. And per a person involved in MLM is kind of, you know, being involved in Kickstarter and more RPGs kind of rubs me the wrong way too. But as my brother said, the guy is clearly interested in MMORPGs. I just, I think it's fair that you present the whole story on yeah. these, on this, on this, on this pitch because the people that are pitching this game on YouTube, selling the hype, they are literally getting paid every time you you fund a Kickstarter. Like they are getting paid for those pledges, and I think people should understand the background where you're coming, you know, where the YouTubers coming from, where the incentives are. I want to emphasize, MMOs.com is not getting paid for any of our Ashes of Creation links you know we have a review page we have a game page up for an overview page and we do not put a referral link there we can maybe but we don't maybe this is why we can't uh we're not making money maybe we should get we should jump on there the, you go maybe 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 we should start selling some juices on mmos.com and like look the whole juice thing too like it's so like i feel like we were kind of dancing around the issue but like if you're selling juices that make you lose weight and like improve your health like this is snake oil like that's that's the only way to look at it like and these juices are obscenely expensive like, i want to show you how much this juice costs okay and why, why uh, are you looking that up? Yeah. Uh, so basically, this guy made his millions scamming, right? Now, that doesn't mm -hmm. mean his game project is a scam. Yes, yes. But it does mean I will not be giving my money before there's a product. Now, if if you still want to after hearing all this from both sides, that's, you know, it's your choice. If, if, if the yeah. game does come out and it's good, I'll, I'll play it. I'll enjoy it. But to say, listen, guys, I made all this money scamming so I can make a good game. Trust me and give me your money. I, I'm not going to line up for that line, you know, but... <laughs> No, no, but I would respect that line. You know why? What you do like 10 years ago shouldn't define you, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what, people say once you're shady, you're always shady. Once you're scamming, you're always scamming, right? He was kind of giving a story on, um, on Reddit, which is great, right? And then what blew my mind is he says, oh, some, L some MLMs, some multi-level marketing things are scams and they're shady. But this one was good. What? How can you defend this? There are so many law there are lawsuits over this stuff, like with the Zango juices. People pretending that, I mean, I'm not saying he claimed this, but people that push these juices typically uh, bill them as products like that, that miracle drugs that like improve your health in every which way. So how can you defend an MLM? Like almost any MLM is hella shady. I mean, that's, and, that's, know, that's just loyalty. I think. That's just loyalty. It, it, look, he, he yeah. was very successful due to the Zango uh, people, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you, mm -hmm. Even if even if they were pure scammers, you can't just take their money. You know, you can't. You can't just, you know, you're successful because of them. You can't just turn around and shit on them, you know. 
No, but it's okay to say like, listen, I did some MLM stuff, which you know I'm not too proud of uh, Wait, in the what, past. What, you why know. should he not be proud of it? He made a lot of money. <laughs> I, I, no, because you can do things that later you're not proud of. Look, I don't know how how he pitched his products, right? And we only, we can only go off the limited archive.org stuff on his website, his old website, if it's even his website. But based on the Twitter, it says it is. But uh, we can only base it on that. And there, you know, there's recruiting people to to sell the dream of being able to make money selling these juices, right? And I don't think a lot of people are proud of that. And I think it's okay to not be proud of that, which is why it comes weird to me that when he, when he starts discussing the MLM and his previous uh, you know business, that he didn't just say, like, you know, look, maybe this is not something I'm great about. But no, right from the get-go, he defends it, which is – that made me question the whole project a bit more. You know, if he just, if he just came out and said, listen, not too proud of it, but, like, I didn't make most of my money there. I think he clarifies, you know, he made money on the juices, right? And then he made some real estate investments. I think he grew up in uh, San Diego or California. Wherever he invested in his real estate, he made a lot of money there as well. You know, God bless his heart. He made a lot of money. And success in real estate is great. But to kind of defend the juice thing, is that kind of is shady as well. And let's take a look at some of these juices too. These juices can still be bought and sold. Oh, I want to see oddly, I th Oddly, I think his mother is still selling these juices. Okay? Because you can find his mother's Twitter account and she's – advertising this website, the, the mango scene store. This is different from his website. I, I don't know if they're, you know, beyond, I'm pretty sure this is his mother. He's clarified that Sharon was his mother before. I bet, but I she's bet selling the, these juices. I bet the mother actually believes it cures like cancer. And Probably. Like, you know, oh, it's usually housewives, right? That believe mm -hmm. in this detox nonsense, right? So I bet I bet yeah. they think like, if I if I drink the right juice, I can't get cancer. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think that this, this company like, the Zango company uh, makes like hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, these MLMs make a lot of money. And as they mature, they try, they, they don't, you know, they, they don't bill it as like cures cancer anymore. That's like, they want to leave it to the individual distributors to make the wild claims so they're not liable on the corporate level. So the actual you know, Zango company doesn't make the claims. Usually just the individual distributors do. But four bottles of juice for 120 bucks? Holy shit. What? That's, that's, that's nuts. Who's going to spend 120 bucks on four juices? It's, I, this, is, this is such a fun story, mind. guys. We barely talked about the actual features in the game, and that's not because, you know, they're not interesting yeah. either, but it's just this story literally goes on for days. Like, it's so funny. Like, what's going on here? Uh... <laughs> and look, I, I don't think it's fair to say we have any, like, you know, egg on our shoulders for these guys. Look, I, I really hope egg the game on our shoulders? happens, is that a right? Thing? I don't know. There, there's some saying, some, there's some saying, a chip on your shoulder, right? Is that it? Uh, is that the saying? I don't think it means what you think it does, but it, that is okay. Insane. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably being retarded, but uh, I really hope the game does come out. I don't think it's fair to say like I hope for them to fail. Honestly, like I will buy this game. I will subscribe to Ashes of Creation if it comes out with said promises, even like half of their promises, right? Because this seems like a game I'd genuinely be interested in. It's a hardcore experience, you know, let's, developed by a oh, Western oh, company. Let's talk about the game. Let's talk about right. the game. Let's talk about the game. Okay. Right, let's talk more about All the right. game. We kind of, we kind of glossed over the game there. Okay, so okay. this. This is a subscription-based MMORPG, high fantasy. Uh, mm -hmm. th there is no box price, so you don't have to buy a box. Just a subscription. Um, there is no uh, pay-to-win elements, so they claim, obviously. There will be a cash mm -hmm. shop, but only for cosmetics. It's going to come out before 2020. That's the promise. And this game will be... It will have open PvP with punishment for, like, PKing, though. And that, mm -hmm. I think... When Omar, you're talking about hardcore stuff. Yeah, as to kind of what you're alluding to, that to mm -hmm. me is kind of like an eyebrow raiser. Not because I don't like that. I always play PvP servers when I can. I grew up playing games where PvP was not an option. It was it was mandatory, right? You, ha you know, it was always on, mm -hmm. like Ultima Online and stuff. 
So it's not that I, I don't like the fact that there's going to be open PvP. It's just I think that will severely limit the size of the market. Uh, in the pregame, we were talking about Wildstar a little bit and why it didn't really take off. And I think one of the reasons is because they were trying to be this whole, you know, hardcore style of game. And I just don't know if there's a market exists for that kind of game in this, you know, in 2017. So I think that's one problem Ashes of Creation might have is they might, you know, have these great features that sound great to people like mm -hmm. Mr. Sheriff who played Lineage 2 growing up or not growing up, but, you know, as a young adult or yeah. people like us who played those games growing up. Uh, but the, the gamers today want that. And, and I don't know what the answer to that is, but I, I will speculate that the answer is no. I think if you look at the games that have come out since, uh, I think it's a resounding no. I mean, any game that's tried to go back to a more hardcore experience has failed. Uh, some games like Darkfall, I mean, if you want a hardcore experience, go play Darkfall, right? Like, that game is uncompromisingly hardcore. And there is an audience for it, right? But we look at how big that audience is. And unfortunately, it's not that big. There are people that play it, but it's clear as day that it's not the mainstream. And I don't think you can have a, a giant game with a big staff to support it. It's not an indie game that's going to go for this hardcore look. I really wish they can revitalize that, the whole hardcore experience. And they talk a lot about risk versus reward. And that's how, that is literally music to my ears. Like that Ashler creation Kickstarter video and the nodes bit and the way the game is, along with Chronicles of Lyria, by the way, literally music to my ears. But I just cannot see the mainstream adopting a game like this. It's not, there's a reason why I has gotten more casual over the years. There's a reason FF14 has gotten more casual. Like Maple Story has gotten more casual. Maple Story is more casual now. Like every game is going the avenue of making the like the leveling easier, the dungeons easier. There's no penalties for death. Like there's a reason games are doing this, and I mean we complain about it, but I can at least realize that in their in their beta feedbacks with the developers, they realize people don't want to be punished in their games for messing up. They don't want the open PvP experience. They don't want like the negatives that you know you can have in the more hardcore experiences, which is again. It's, it's saddening to me as somebody who played Ultima Line growing up and all these old school games, but that's the reality of it. I mean, I hope they can change that with these projects if they ever do come to life. Uh, all right, what else? Let's move on to the next section. Beside PvP, uh, another mm -hmm. one of their big selling points is the, the change, changing nature of the world. So each map or each region mm -hmm. will be dynamic in that depending on how players interact in that area, like if they kill lots of monsters, if they craft or whatnot, whatever they do in that region will affect that region. It'll kind of level up. The, the, the map will kind of level up. And that leveling up is what's going to create the NPC town in that zone. So it's going to, basically the world's going to start barren from what I understand. No, no towns, no NPC towns. And as people kill like the animals and monsters, different style towns are going to appear uh, in that mm -hmm. region. And that's going to be, that's very, it sounds cool, right? But what this, yeah. what this means in practice is basically they're going to have to build four games or more. Just different versions mm -hmm. of each map, right? For each type of, uh, I guess each each, each branch that the zone can take, will have to be mm -hmm. its own content. So that they're kind of they're quadrupling their workload. I, ho I hope they're aware of that. That's all I'm saying. And, and that's just that every node in every different area is not necessarily going to be the same kind of node. I think they were yeah. saying the stories on one server will not be stories on the other server. And again, this is music to my ears. It sounds beautiful, you know. Maybe if you develop a node in the forest, it's going to be completely different. You know, a different town will arise, different quests will arise than a node that appears maybe in a mountain region or somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. And again, this is all great, but I mean, it is the game is promising a lot. Like these are all really cool ideas and concepts. It's just that, like, I think there's a reason we see cookie cutter games, and the reason is 
it comes to practicality, feasibility, and you know the, the development capability. I mean, I don't know if we can. I'm sure all this is possible if you have like Star Citizen style budgets. But beyond that, I think there's a reason so many MMORPGs are so cookie cutter. Is because going outside of that requires a tremendous amount of development, especially with the with the multi tier nodes. Also, if if in the post game somebody in chat uh, has funded this game and would like to you know clarify anything we're saying, you know. We watched the video, we read the interviews, but, you know, if we get anything slightly off, we are open to discussion uh, about Ashes of Creation. I cannot emphasize enough. I want this game to succeed. I wish I didn't know, like, the backstory. And, like, I wish, I, I want to be hype as much as everyone else. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to be, I just don't want to irresponsibly hype other people. I feel like there is a responsibility when you're streaming, when you're people, like, if anyone is listening to you, right? There is a responsibility on what you say. Because like what, what you say, what you build up hype, it does affect other people's perceptions, what they do. And I, I don't claim to be a big time you know, streamer. I mean, we're not that big. Our YouTube is not huge either. But there's just, there is an audience that follows us. And I feel like we have to be honest with our audience, which is why I, I can't get hyped over these things without looking into it first. And looking into Ashley Creation, it just, I found some things I wish weren't there. But... The guy made a ton of money in his previous in businesses. At least he's pouring his heart into something I believe he does genuinely love. He I, loves MMORPGs. So even if his past is warped, there's still hope that the game will turn out great. And that's, yeah. I, I'm not going to fund this at this stage. Yeah. But I will say um, I am more optimistic about this game coming out. Maybe not with everything they hope to have, but I am more uh, optimistic on this game coming out in some stage than I am about Star Citizen or Chronicles of Illyria. Interesting. Uh, they yeah. start, I mean, at this point, I feel like for Star Citizen, something has to come out, right? Because they've been doing this forever. They've had, like, uh, they raised so much money. Uh, Chronicles of Illyria is a, is a passion project as well by the guy. I think the guy who was doing that also made his money, like, at least with Chronicles of Illyria, too. I looked into the guy, right, who was doing Chronicles of Illyria. I forgot his name now. Uh, he ran a SEO advertising company. Uh, he, you know, does mar online marketing for websites and businesses. Look, the guy did respectable work. You know, he lives in, you know, he, hold he's a up, success. Hold up, hold up. Search engine optimization is, is respectable now? Depending, <laughs> depends. Well, SEO, look, I, I know a bit about SEO as well, the industry, because I've done a lot of online marketing as well. But uh, it's much, you know, it it can be done honestly. It can be done, you know, irresponsibly as well. Uh, I'm assuming, I'm giving the benefit of that. I don't know what he did, but it seems like he made his money in an honest way. He's doing, he's pursuing his passion. A lot of respect for that, right? My only reservations with Chronicles of Lyria. I don't think I ever called the game a scam. I, mean, I, I don't think I've ever said that. I, I just I, I questioned the viability of being able to make a big budget and more RPG with all those features on that low of a budget. That was my only reservations, right? Yes, yes. But with Ashley Creation, it's a little different. Yes. Because remember, that's important to keep in mind. We're not calling Ashley Creation a scam. It's just the guy behind it is a scammer. Okay, that's different. <laughs> and uh, it's I don't a former scammer. A former scammer. Okay. Okay. A former okay. scammer. I, I, I think it's, I don't like people that do MLMs. I mean, we've seen, like, I see people online fall to the trap of MLMs and it's really, multi-level marketing is a truly vile thing. It is, it's really disheartening to see people fall for them. I mean, you see, I see it on Facebook sometimes. Literally one time that we were Dunkin' Donuts, we were, Aaron and I were sitting and talking, right? And there was a, there was a lady sitting with two other guys and the guys were trying to pitch her a business opportunity about selling jewelry. It was a multi-level marketing scam, right? And they're literally telling her, look, you buy these, you buy these jewels from us, right? These, these, these rings and necklaces, and then you can distribute them and sell them for more. 
you'll make profit. You put it on eBay, you sell it to your friends and family, you'll make like 200% money. And then if you get your family members to do it, you'll make 10% of what they make. They were pitching a traditional MLM and Erhan gets up and he walks over to them and he says, uh, it's a scam, don't do it. These guys are full of shit. And, and the guys are like bamboozled, like who the, heck, who the hell is this guy walking into our conversation calling me a scammer? And one of them goes, uh, I'm actually the president of this XYZ uh, company. Erhan's like, good, so you're the scammer in chief. <laughs> That's a post-game story, but yeah, I, I don't stand for that shit in real life either. <laughs> so he literally interrupted and potentially saved this lady because like, at that moment, like the lady started, you know, alarm bells started going off about like how this could potentially be a scam, right? And at that point, I think you did your service. I don't think she fell for the scam or the MLM that they were pitching. So, you know, it's good that you stand up for, you know, in real life as well. Yes, yes. All right. Well, I mean, uh, we'll talk more about it, I guess, in the in the post-game or in w new posts coming out about Ashley creation on the website uh mm-hmm. as the story develops uh don't want to just do this uh on the podcast there is a lot of other news we can talk about and we can return to mm-hmm. ashes of creation later i want to talk about a fun fun topic actually let's see what do you got uh we were talking a little bit about heroes of the storm on the emos.com discord earlier and potentially why the game uh did it succeed the way other blizzard games did or even come close to games like dota or league mm. and i think i have a theory as why it didn't get so successful what why is that and first of all you know it's one thing to say it was not as successful as compared to other blizzard games but i don't think it's you can say it's not successful i mean it's very hard to measure because there is no concrete data on how many people are playing how much money they're making blizzard has not released anything specific to the game like at all so it's very hard to gauge. It could be a runaway success. I don't know. But of the people I know that play uh, MOBAs and stuff, people play Smite, you know, still. And I just don't see too many people excited about Heroes of the Storm. From my circle, again, I could be wrong. But I know people that played Heroes of the Storm, like, when it launched out of curiosity. Like, almost all my friends played Heroes of the Storm. I played Heroes of the Storm till max level, to whatever level you could play ranked. I played some ranked games. I didn't, like, just play one game and quit. I played a decent chunk as well. Okay. And none of my friends stuck with it. I I, and, I think that's very yeah. anecdotal. I, I don't know if... Yes, I agree. Okay. I agree it's anecdotal. And I really wish we could find some more information. I don't want to buy that super data research uh, research report because that costs like $5,000. But absent that, I'm going to lay some speculation on why I think it didn't reach the same heights as other MOBAs or perhaps other Blizzard games. Okay. And the game lacks one very important thing. Individuality. Mm, is, are you calling it a communist game? I am calling it a communist game. Oh. Hold on. Literally... No, literally, all your gold is shared, right? No, there's no gold. All the experience <laughs> is shared, right? You got you to you get all the money together and distribute it, all right? All the experience is shared. So you're always the same level as your teammates, all right? It's too... It lacks individuality because players cannot make big plays. I want to take a step back and look at some of the most successful on, online games. And this applies to practically every genre. Okay, Counter-Strike, uh, League of Legends, literally World of Warcraft, literally... Any FPS game, any MOBA, any MMORPG, some of the most defining experiences and some of the most interesting experiences you have in games like CSGO, for example, is when you bust down, you know, you go down long A with a pistol and you shoot like five people and you ace everybody. Like you do a 360 scope, 180 no scope, whatever. You know, you're just firing like crazy. You get really lucky. You pull off an amazing play. You were the only one left on your team and you freaking did it and you won. You made a beautiful individual play and you were able to carry Games like League, you dominate your lane, you you know, you know do amazing work, and you're able to carry your shitty teammates, right? You made a crazy individual play to win the game. Uh, games like World of Warcraft, you are literally the best, like, uh, you are known on the server for being 
the best paladin, you know, maybe the best rogue, you, you know, perfect reaction time and all your, you know, combos and everything, right? There is room for individual outplay. Being the top of damage charts, you know, in your dungeon, in the raid, you can be the best raider in the game. There is room for individual play and clutch plays in practically every game. And I think some of our best experiences, like I played a player I know it's Battlegrounds recently a lot, like 70 hours or so. I know Shu played like 200 hours, but the reason I keep coming back is I've had a couple of amazing moments where I get like eight kills in one round and it feels freaking great. Most of my games, I'm a shitter. I'll get one kill or get zero kills and die. I think most of my games are like that, right? Mm -hmm. But that one time, I have that memory of being amazing, and it keeps me coming back. And that's with League as well. You do freaking amazing, and you can really stand out individually. Heroes of the Storm doesn't allow that because XP is shared. And when your teammates drag you down, they literally drag you down. If they're not doing what they're, what they're supposed to do, you cannot counteract that. There's no room for one person to outplay that, outclutch that, and to make up for that. And it just feels so like soul-draining to play well, but you're not rewarded for your good play. You get a kill, grats. You don't get that experience. Everybody gets the experience. And that's, I think, one of the things really missing from Heroes of the Storm. Think about your gaming experiences. Okay. Don't you think those are your, your highlights when you play games? Like, you made a clutch play, you did something, or maybe, you know, it... Uh, that, that, that's at least the way I feel. All right. So you gave your spiel there. Let me try to counter yeah. some of your points that you brought up. That was my, my manifesto. That was my rant. One, uh, what, the first one of the first issues is you compared it to other successful games, right? Like whether it was Dota, League, Counter-Strike. It's important it to remember to these games are extremely old, established games. I, and I would argue that their success and their continued success is more to do with their age uh, an established uh, franchise name than than anything else that you said afterwards. For yeah, example, I, I Heroes of the Storm came out towards the tail end of the MOBA hype, right? 2015, yeah. And, and given how, you know, there was that one, um, what was that Marvel or DC MOBA? Infinity, Cri Infinity, Infinity Crisis. Now, from what I played of that game, it, it, it had the big play potential, right? It was individual, you had the gold. Mm -hmm. But the problem was it shut down almost immediately because somebody played it. Yes. Now, the fact but even in that game, even in that game, you know, there were moments where you made clutch plays. I played yes. rounds yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So great, but it didn't save it. That's my point. My so my point with the here's the storm is I believe if they did what you said, and just were more similar to Dota and League, they would have done worse than they're doing now. The fact that they're a little uh, more casual and uh, you know team oriented and and mm -hmm. you know, I think that's what saved them from becoming zero. Right. So so while here's the storm is not as big as the other Blizzard games. I don't think it's because they're too casual or too uh, communist. <laughs> or all right, I no. think. Oh, look, all right. I think perhaps I did a disservice to mention League and and, and CS:GO because these are you know huge games, right? But any game you play, mm -hmm. literally any game you play, even any obscure MMO, I think some of the fun experiences you have in those games, some of the memorable experiences, right, mm -hmm. are the games where you clutch. Forget the success, right? Personally, where do you find your greatest like memories? Enjoys of previous games or your, your fun in games. For me, it's those it's those glory moments where you make a clutch play, or whether you're very well like you want to strive to be something on the server. Like you are the best at this. You're somebody at this, you know. And that kind of plays into the fact that you have limited options in that in HOTS on an individual game basis. I mean, because obviously we're comparing persistent and more PG servers <laughs> to single rounds of you know a game. We're being a little broad, but I if, if I had yeah. to answer that question as best I could, I would say my favorite moments are usually don't involve just me. It's kind of like a, I don't want to say team effort necessarily, but a group, like it's me mm -hmm. and a group of people, whether it's one other person or, or multiple, achieving something or doing something interesting. 
So I don't think Heroes of the Storm exclu excludes that potential. Um, again, I haven't played it as much as a game like you know Dota or World of Warcraft or anything to really <laughs> know the nuance of it, but maybe some people in chat could comment on that. But I don't think there's anything in the game that pr precludes... Uh, for example, in Heroes of the Storm, one thing that I do remember, Omar, when we played together was we're losing, right? And we were losing the whole game, 20 minutes of losing. And you know what we do? Yeah. We push as Rainier with the with the battle cruiser, right? We just push and we take their base out even when they're doing some silly objective shit, you know? Like you can backdoor. Backdoor, yeah. yeah. It's a, that I remember that. That was kind of cool, wasn't it? I mean, yeah, that can happen in any game though. My only point was the fact that XP is shared, it creates like a situation where you can't out carry for your team. Yeah, yes, doing well, getting kills, getting objectives will still help you win, but it just you lose that sensation of being like, holy shit, I carried this game. Like, and you being the clutch play for me, I, maybe it's a me thing. I may perhaps not everyone thinks that way, but in any game, like being able to do a clutch play, like outplaying things and being rewarded for it, it just seems like doesn't this doesn't this fundamentally feel unsatisfying to you? Let's say in Heroes of the Storm or literally any game, you just do something fucking amazing. We're talking like you completely outplay, you dodge every skill shot, and you make the best possible play at like 500 APM. Oh, you you got a kill, grass. That's split by five people. The experience. Don't you feel like you deserve that experience? Yeah, and, and not, the well, game should reward experience by contribution to every player, not just you, every player. Okay, it just seems like by not doing that, it, for me, it lost its. And again, I played not as much. Like, I, I must have played at least fifty to one hundred hours, probably probably 100, 150 hours or more of hots, at least. So, I, but here's the thing, Mark. And if I, yeah, if it ahead. did everything you're saying, right? Yeah. How what would differentiate it between Dota and League? You know, you already have two games that do that perfectly. Isometric, I'll tell you. No, five no, no, on I'll five, MOBAs, um, with with a roster of heroes, which by the way was much bigger than Hotch back, you know. Now even even now Hotch is only about half the, the heroes as League and Dota have. So how no, you can have the I'll tell you. Okay. You can still have the simplicity of the game skill system, right? The, the way the talents work in Heroes of the Storm will help this uh, you know, because you start with all your abilities, you know, okay. and then you accept your ultimate and then you can start, you know, like the way that's structured is is very streamlined, and even last hitting, not having last hits, right? But so you can you can still have some make the game more casual, right? And that's okay. I think having the game more casual does broaden the base. But you can do that without completely going that direction. Make the experience at least uh, different, and keep the make there no gold in the game, even that, or maybe maybe keep the the way the skill system is. But make the experience so the good players are rewarded. And personally, I would just you know. I would enjoy that a lot. Like, I think Hots has a lot of things right as well. People in the chat are saying, I love the way they encourage team play with objectives. And I think you can do all of that without eliminating the individual individuality of the game. Like All the teamwork stuff they, they push is great. And you, I think you can do that without losing will, some of the... I will grant this. There, you know, When you go too far in one direction, you kind of end up in a circle. And here's what, and here's yeah. what I mean by that. Ooh. It's some deep, some deep thought multi coming. Ready? Okay. So all they right. wanted to make it casual friendly, right? With the whole yep. team sharing of experience, but what they inadvertently did is make it worse for the most casual player, the solo queuer. If you queue, mm -hmm. and here's and here's why I didn't notice it until I thought about it a little more. I always queued hots as a team, you know, two or more people. I never really mm -hmm. played it solo, so I didn't realize what you were saying too much because I could always do something with my teammate. But yeah. if I queued, so I could just imagine queuing solo in Heroes of the Storm. At that point, I have four teammates, right? And good luck trying to communicate with them. You just, everyone just does their own thing. And there's no way I can sway the team, basically, right? With my with my exceptional mm -hmm. performance. So the game is actually harshest on the most casual player, the solo like cure, right? Yeah. So that, but, uh, so yeah, that that's a problem. But here's the thing: I think Blizzard 
is is really dedicated to Heroes of the Storm. Um, mm -hmm. They keep patching it. They keep investing in it. They did a huge esports push, yeah. and just recently did a huge uh, 2.0 like update slash promotion. Uh, so if you haven't played it recently, Omar, I would encourage you to at I least. Did. Oh, you did. Okay, I, would, I, I was going to say I encourage you to at least open the client. And anybody mm -hmm. watching, if you have the game installed or, or, or used to play, just open it because they actually introduce loot boxes to the game, uh, and they give you like twenty of them or ten of them. I I, I had at yeah. least like, you get a lot five of freebies. epics. Yeah, I had five epic loot crates and like five regular crates, and you can buy twenty heroes. Uh, you get twenty free mm -hmm. heroes for for logging in basically. They're pushing a lot with other games, but I, I want to tie this to MMORPGs again because like imagine you're rating in FF14 or WoW, any game you play, right? It, it almost feels like the way the, system, the way the system is set up is like when one player is just constantly not getting out of the red circles, right? The, the, the indicators, and he's always taking damage. And imagine that damage is split evenly with everybody. Like, that, that's just stupid. The person who Fs up should be punished for it. More so, like it should not drag down everybody else. And then, and then you can realize who the bad players are and who, like, who messed up. You can very easily realize that you know, with the indicators the game gives you. The way... I don't want to call it a comedy game, but I, I'm doing it for fun. It's right? a comedy game. It's a it's a comedy game, right? It's a communist game, and it just seems like just so silly because you can still like, you can see individual skill play a role in MRPGs as well in rating, right? Mm -hmm. Doing basically doing the right things. Like very often, FF14. I, I actually just ran a, uh, a leveling roulette just today, and we were running the Karn, Hidden Temple of Karn, whatever it's called, and like in that dungeon, it's always like. There's the first boss, which is super easy, right? And like, I don't, I don't understand why so many people just fail at him because he casts a debuff on you that dooms you. And if you don't step on one of these circles in like six seconds, you instant die, right? Like, you must be dumb to not go on those circles if you've ever done a dungeon more than once. If you got the icon that says you're a new player, I excuse you. You know, you mess up, it's fine. That's perfectly normal. But like, literally half the time, like one third of the time, somebody dies there that shouldn't have died. It's so easy. Like, I know that that's the retarded player, and I got to watch out for him, you know? Like, it gives me the indicator of who to watch out for and who's the, who is the Baka of the team. Like, I need those indicators, all right? It's just those I PS3 more... players. Come on, you know. <laughs> true, true, true. But individuality in MMORPGs, I think, is a big deal, too. And if you start taking away individuality, I think M even MMORPGs would just feel worse. It just, I, I, I don't understand why they went so incredibly shared experiences with everything where you know individual play cannot shine through like it doesn't matter how great you're doing you're the same level as the rest well, of your teammates if they're feeding you're feeding i'm i'm usually in general critical very critical of games um and i'm not going to defend here to the storm it's not a game i play regularly but i will say this of the people i know i'm the only one i know who still defends this game it's got potential yeah. <laughs> and i think the decision to do what they did it didn't they didn't do it right they did, they did not do it correctly. Um, like I said, a solo experience can kind of feel meaningless and kind of random. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that they will get this game to a point where it's not, it's never going to be League, right? Or probably not even yeah. League Dota. But I think yeah. it will be a successful MOBA that will that'll be around and it'll be in a better place than it is now in the future. I, I'm confident also, in Blizzard there. You were also giving them like uh, some props for being different, right? And you said if it wasn't for these features, maybe they'd be even worse. But you yeah. kind of discount the fact that it's literally Blizzard, okay? The, mm -hmm. the biggest like Western game company is pushing this game by promoting it in Overwatch, by promoting it in WoW. So it's telling all their WoW players, yo, go play Overwatch for free to get an in-game uh, item or amount or mm -hmm. companion pet. I forget yeah. what it was. In Overwatch, they're giving away skins, right? Yeah. So with all of this push behind it, isn't it like mind-blowing that it's not bigger? Like they have all the promotional tools out there 
a forty billion dollar company pushing this game like no tomorrow, and getting like no res- like no traction. Well, I think that kind of speaks volumes. I'm, I'm not sold doing. on the no traction. Right. I mean, I, I, we had to do some research on the the numbers, but I do think there will be this 2.0 update came out what like a few weeks, a week or two ago. Mm-hmm. Okay, this, well, I don't know. what well, I guess I can look it up. Here to the storm. We did cover it on MMOs.com, guys, so you can read yeah. the the news there, which I should have done. Heroes of the Storm, 2.0. So anyway, it came out a few weeks ago, and I think they're pretty happy with what they've done, and that's the reason they started pushing it now. So I I do I do think it's it's improved. There's a lot of new heroes. They keep there's a probe now, and that was a while ago. I, <laughs> I, I want to play the probe from uh, StarCraft. But yeah, it looks yeah, like they I added mean, the yeah a couple, a couple days ago. So. I think it's worth trying. I think they're going to keep improving it. Uh, it kind of reminds me of Diablo 3. Diablo 3 launched with like a RMT and a lot of, you know, lack of things to do once you hit max level. And they and they fix it slowly over the years, right? Well, we have to right quit. Like five years later, they're still updating Diablo 3. And it's one of the best-selling PC games in history at this point. Mm-hmm. So I think Blizzard is dedicated and this game will keep growing slowly. Uh, that's my hope. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep. I want to take a before we get to a more serious discussion. Uh, I've been seeing League of Angels ads literally everywhere. Like every time I go to Facebook, I see uh, like a League of Angels ad, and they're always the stupidest ads I've ever seen in my life. Like I do not understand how this is a thing. I want you guys to see these quality ads. All right, take a look. Now tell me what take this has look. to do with League of Angels. Oh my God, the audio is so loud. All right, here we go. Yeah, bring that down. Don't worry about the audio. This is just one of many. Obviously, this game has nothing to do with League of Angels. I want to show what League of Angels actually looks like after showing you a couple more of these videos. <laughs> My favorite part of this video is it's it's obviously CGI, right? But yeah. but they're kind of doing it in a way as if it's like a phone uh, app. As if like she's streaming on uh on one of those what's it called? Periscope. Uh, Periscope. Yeah, on Periscope. And this like, for for the record, this is what the actual game looks like. All right, like what kind of ad is this? And there's more. There's some ridiculous ads. So let me pull up a couple more over here real quick. You know what's funny? It actually looks better than I thought it would. It doesn't look good, but it looks better than I thought it would. All right. I kind of like this one as well. This is uh, also completely unrelated. I love League of Angels, all right? This game's got the weirdest ads. Oh, like, wow. I make fun of this game, but this game is so popular. It's it's redonkadonk how many people play this game. There's some nice. These are fly outfits. But like, why are they like? If you, it literally has nothing to do with the game. The interface in that video is so random too, right? It's like it's showing you the interface that's not really in the game. There was one video. I think it was uh, it was it was literally showing FF14. Like <laughs> when you're running around the 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 overworld of FF14, and it's saying League of Angels, or it was another Chinese browser game. Like, are you kidding me? This is not. This is just FF14. Why are they claiming it's something else? It's like the most misleading nonsense. That reminds me of uh, there's a mobile uh game. That literally their ad was a screen, screenshot from CSGO. That was their ad. And it's like, play the latest like <laughs> mobile game. <laughs> Yo, they're on point, right? They're on point. It makes no kind of sense. Oh my god. This one, is, this one is the best video link so far. She's being dragged by this guy. She's dragging the guy across She's these random the guy landscape. Across, like, all Yo, these is scenes. that scene from Conan Exiles? Was that scene from the desert scene? No, it looks just like... Maybe. It's a generic Egyptian scene, I think. Hold on, Chaos. Is that Conan Exiles? You play that game of shit ton as well. It looked like it. I don't know why. It it could be. It could be. All right, is all I'm saying. No, Ecobot says it too. That's Conan Exiles. That, we got three people saying it's Conan. Wait, 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 wait. 
I mean, maybe, right? Go, go there again. Go there again. <laughs> I paused it. I paused it there. That's fun. I swear that's Conan Exiles. I've seen that too. All right. I've been there so many times that goddamn desert. It's the beginning too. Who does this work on? Like, it's like if you play this game, this beautiful pixel girl is going to like hold your hand and you get to explore <laughs> the world with her. Who does this work on? It must work on somebody because that game yeah. is advertising like crazy. It's it makes no kind of sense. I want to see if we can find the FF14 one, but these, I don't know, man. Some of these ads are just absolutely hilarious. I, I try to tweet the funny ones I find. There's actually a few that appear on MMOs.com from occasion. Let me see if I can show you one of those. So if you keep some ads open on MMOs.com, you find some of the most ridiculous ads ever, and it's 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 nice. I like seeing pretty silly ads. Please click our ads. <laughs> All right, this this one's my this one's a good one too. Take a look. I think uh, Gumby tweeted this for MMOs.com. And look at the look at the subtext. It's for Blade of Blade of Queens, which oh. is like a booby browser game. I did a first look for it too, and it's literally like FF14, and it says, "Do not let your girl know that you're playing this game." Like, what? How is that even related to the game? The game is like, what? What? Yeah, well, don't let Square Enix know either. You're supposed right? to be taking the trash out. You know, don't let, don't let your girlfriend know you're playing <laughs> playing video games instead of doing the chores. <laughs> like, how, like, it's so weird that they get away with it. Like. I don't know. It, it, they're so brazen. Wow. Good, good stuff. Good <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's so, and some of the Chinese browser games. Uh, Chinese MMORPGs have the best ads. Uh, all right. They, I got they some, run a few I, silly ones too. I got hmm. some interesting news. It kind of ties into this. You know, if you guys are like us and you, we're all laughing at this kind of stuff. But I think the future of gaming is actually going to be more of this, and less. You know. Uh, Ashes of Creation style games. Uh, latest numbers here from New Zoo. This is a few weeks old, but since we skipped the podcast last week, we can talk about it now. Mm-hmm. New Zoo is another one of those intelligence c- companies, kind of like uh, Super Data. Super Data. And they do a little prediction here. So this is their estimates for 2017, and their estimates, of course, are better than mine because they are full time predictor intelligence people. And here's <laughs> the numbers here. Uh, if you guys can see this, basically. PC, which is what we here are mostly interested in, is actually going to drop year-over-year decline in PC gaming. And that's going to be the first time there's going to be decline in, in a long time, probably in decades. Wow. Yeah, these are these are estimates. I, I, I do want to say that once again. They're estimating a decline. Whereas mobile here, as you can see, has almost a 20% uh, increase. So mobile gaming... It's going to grow 20% while PC gaming shrinks slightly. Uh, so we will see more League of Angels in the future, boys. The League of Angels is a browser game. It's not entirely a mobile game. Is it mobile? Right. Or is there a mobile version or no? There there might be, but I, I don't think so. I uh, think it's purely... Uh, more nonsense like that. It's all the same to me, you know? <laughs> if, <laughs> if it ain't a mouse and keyboard, you know, it's League of Angels. Look, not all the mobile and more RPGs are awful either, right? Uh, they're getting better too. Uh, we get, we're starting to see some real and more RPG experiences. And also, back to the small discussion about the the push for casualization of more RPGs. Even on the mobile front, you have games. Uh, there's one Japanese company called Azobima. And I think if you and you play mobile and more RPGs, you've definitely heard of them. Uh, they basically make all of the um, like they make a bunch of mobile games that are like genuinely like actual and more RPGs, games without autoplay, games that have large persistent worlds, right? Mm-hmm. So they have games like Aruna, Iz- Izanagi, Stellacept, Avabel, Arcurus, Torum, God, uh, and a bunch of other games, right? So they they have traditional PC style and more PGs on mobile, like traditional, no autoplay, none of that nonsense. 
It's not stupid easy either, right? And those games, they're not that big. The biggest mobile games, the most successful mobile MMORPGs too, are games that have autoplay. <laughs> I mean, uh, Lineage, uh, Red Knights, Revolution, uh, the one that made like 170 plus million dollars in Korea in one month, it has an autoplay feature. Oh, it the does. Ragnarok Online mobile game has a built-in autoplay feature as well. Oh, no. And I did first look for both of those games, and it feels so weird to play a game on, on your phone, right? And you're literally not playing. So it's weird how much the push has become to uh, casualization. Or at least they've... Like, they made the grind like a not a part of the game. Not a, like, they've, I feel like a lot of PC games, the grind is easy. It loses challenge, but it's still there, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like the current crop of games are eliminating that altogether. I, I think as you get further into the game, you do have to play manually because the autoplay is kind of stupid. It's not going to play perfectly. So there's still skill involved. But it's weird how they got rid of all the grind. I'm curious. Like, will that ever happen for PC gaming, PCM RPGs, you think? Or will there just be not be any PCM RPGs for that to happen too? Hmm. All right. Here's what's gonna happen. We're all we're moving towards uh, the most passive gaming possible. So you know, like we're, auto walk with people watching people play on Twitch. You know. Mm-hmm. So in the future, it's just gonna be like a slideshow. Like and you're, in your in one second, they're gonna show you the whole frames of all the, of the game. All right. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. You know what be a fun uh, like game? Mobile, like, and a, a really interesting MMORPG idea? Imagine on Twitch, okay? Like an AI is playing a game or something. It's almost like Twitch plays a game, right? And all the commands is input by the players. Oh, I, 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 I want to play that, like World of Warcraft. And you can yeah, Twitch plays level. World of Warcraft would be pretty great. You yeah. Can, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be so cool. There's I, a collective voting for it. Yeah, I wonder if it could actually get to max level and like raid and stuff. Probably. <laughs> that'd be I, really cool. I, I, it seems difficult, though, because like moving around... Like, it'd be very odd. Like, you'd be bumping the trees and stuff and, like, trying to actually target enemies and do the right attacks. Like, imagine trying to be a tank. And, like, imagine you, you did, like, an LFR group and a tank appears, like, and, and this Twitch plays World of Warcraft. He's supposed to hold aggro. He's, like, he's just clicking on his teammates by accident. He's just spinning around in circles, letting everybody die. That'd be great. Twitch we, never underestimate. Never underestimate the power of the crowd. I think I think it could be done. It wouldn't. Maybe it wouldn't be, like... Um... Maybe it'd be something like one guy takes control for like a minute and then it swaps to the next guy. I don't know how it would work, but I'm sure mm-hmm. they can make it work. It would be a lot of fun, I think. Mm-hmm. So what you guys are the seeing, the video you guys are seeing now is Lineage 2 Revolution. This is the mm-hmm. biggest mobile game in Korea right now. It launched last month. It's mm-hmm. only in Korea right now, and it's already making a lot of money. So hopefully so, we will see yeah. this here eventually. Also, I want to say like a lot of people do ask us, Oh, forget mobile games. They're not real games, right? Like, and I- I'm with you guys, right? Like, anyone that says these mobile and more pages are shit, like, we are on the same page, like, mentally, right? But the problem is, this that Lineage Revolution game you're seeing in the background, that game made $170 million in one month. That's more money than all of EVE Online makes all year, okay? Mm-hmm. That's more money than some of the most profitable PC and more pages make all year, okay? It's absolutely nuts how much money those games make. So it, we can't ignore them, right? Yeah. When the when the revenue is that big, and not just revenue, it does fit the definitions, right? It's a persistent yeah. world. You know, you're leveling up. You know, it's it's got all the same trappings of an MMORPG. Just because the genre, uh, just because the platform is different, doesn't mean it's not a an MMORPG. Mm-hmm. Also, for the record, I'm looking at the the the. MRPG Maple Story made $253 million in 2015. That's the most recent numbers we have for the game. Uh, that places it at the ninth highest grossing uh, PC game in the world, okay? Mm-hmm. With, uh, that's the first MRPG on the list, too, at $250 million. If a game like Lineage Revolution... Uh, was it Revolution Red Knights, the one I did a video for? 
Are you, I'm looking at Revolution right now. Okay, Revolution, my bad. Okay, I, 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 there's a whole bunch of lineage uh, mobile games. But, you know, if that game can make $170 million in one month in Korea alone, like, these mobile games will dominate these lists. So, I mean, speaking of lineage, too, somebody mentioned as well, lineage was a great game when it came out. I think, uh, yes, it's past its prime now, but, like, I, I feel like so many games that were coming out back then were so ambitious and, like, so pushing the genre forward. I feel like since, like, I hate to say since WoW, it feels like the genre has stalled completely. Yeah, like, it really hasn't done too much different. Like from Ult from Ultima Online in 1997 or six when it first came out to WoW, like every game was huge and it was such a big leap forward and different things were happening. But after WoW came out, every game is just cloned WoW and we've had nothing for like 13 years. That really changed the genre. I think it's a it's a broader issue than just MMORPGs or this genre. I remember, you know, honestly, maybe I'm just getting old, and I'm remembering mm -hmm. the good old days. But I really the feel the the pace of change has slowed down. I remember. There was a time when I was, you know, young. Every year, I would show my father uh, the trailer for the latest game, right? The latest big game. Usually, it was like a Battlefield game or like a Call of Duty, whatever, whatever, or Metal Gear Solid. I would show an uh, upcoming game trailer, right? And it got to a point where my dad sometimes would ask me, "Hey, what's show me the latest game this year?" Because because we're kind of measuring the the growth in graphics and stuff, right? You know how how far gaming has come. But the past few years, you know. Nothing, and I've argued about this before with people on the podcast, you know, with Matt about the player, you know, count. But nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. Like I remember playing with sixty-four players in Battlefield, right? I remember raiding with forty people in World of Warcraft. What, since then, uh, we can't even match those experiences. Let alone, you know, I should be raiding with a hundred people today. You know, it's it's been so long since WoW. Why am I still raiding in EverQuest One? You could raid with a hundred people or more. So why is it today I, I got eight people in my party? It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, that's I'm true. <laughs> it really, it really still, yeah. Like even the scope of having more than sixty-four players on a map, it really peaked with Battlefield, you know, nineteen forty-two. Like how how long ago was that? Even still, the COD games were like thirty-two players only for console. So like, it really got smaller in scope, and it, it was sad to see the the like. Again, you can say forty people for a raid is unwieldy, right? But like, MMORPG is a massively multiplayer game, like. How what what better way to encompass massively than having forty uncoordinated assholes trying to beat a raid? That it, was like it was not unwieldy. It was a fine. It, it could be unwieldy, but so could yeah. eight people, right? Eight retards yeah. can't do something. It doesn't mean you yeah. know it's it's a, it's a big number. So you know, forty people was clockwork for some guilds, right? So it wasn't unwieldy yeah, by definition. No, there's always one guy going to the bathroom. You got forty people, and one guy at the average person takes like a bathroom break every like hour. I don't know. It's, everyone, you know, it's pretty often that somebody's got to go to the bathroom. Uh, anyway, so my, my point is, scale. my point is, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed to show my dad trailers for upcoming games now because literally it's the same thing every year, right? Whether it's Call of Duty, mm -hmm. the games even look the same. You know, Call of Duty doesn't really get better graphically from one, you know, version to another really that much these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whew. All right. Well. You know, mobile and MOs are going to take away more and more market share. That's the reason we're talking about it too, and I, I am hopeful that we'll see mobile and more PGs. Um, Kind of not go entirely the autoplay mindless route. I think that would be unfortunate. But we are seeing some, you know, half decent mobile games that are not, you know, MMORPGs either. There are a lot of mobiles coming out that I think are pretty decent on mobile. I did a first look video for the Tencent Kings of Glory, which I think is a pretty, oh, pretty solid worth, mobile game. That's worth talking about again. We're talking about big numbers. Yeah, again, they hit 80 million, I think, somewhat recently yeah. of their daily active users. So this is why mobile, we have to talk about mobile. You can't ignore mobile. 80 million daily active users and that's compared that's bigger than league of legends that's bigger than like that's bigger than steam 
you know how many people are online Steam in the world today? Not people playing games on Steam. People that leave Steam open in the background. I leave Steam open in the background. I'm a part of that number. I'm sure many of you guys are as well. There are 8.5 million people on Steam as of this podcast. 8.5 million. Wow. This mobile game in China alone gets 80 million daily active users. It has multiples the size of League of Legends. It has more than League, Dota, and the whole top 10 uh, games on our most profitable list all combined of player base. 80 million daily active users. It is mind-blowing. The most highest revenue generating PC game in the world, League of Legends, only gets about, um, it said 100 million monthly active. Their daily, their daily numbers are probably like, like 10 million or so. I remember we looked at it a while ago. And I, I don't want to pull it up right now. So it's, it's multiples bigger than League of Legends on PC. 80 million daily active users. It is by far the most resounding success. And we're going to be hearing more about it in the West. I think there was, a, there was a nice Bloomberg article. I was reading about the finances of Tencent. This came up. The, there was a streamer just on, the, on Chinese Twitch. And it's just a guy playing King of Glory, like the, this the mobile game. And it's got, it's got 600,000 viewers. It wasn't even a tournament. It was a guy playing. <laughs> and he gets 600,000 viewers. Like, we don't get that kind of viewer for the, for the League World Championship on Twitch or the Dota International. You, know? you don't get those kind of viewers. One guy is playing on his phone and he's getting 600,000 viewers. It is remarkable. Just how massive that is. It's a new world, boys. It's a brand new world. But I'm not losing faith, uh, faith in MMORPGs. The fact that people are excited about Ashes of Creation and Chronicles of Lyria and Star Citizen, it shows you that there is still demand for uh, a good MMORPG. People that played WoW back in the day who quit playing, I think a lot of people that played MMORPGs, which I agree, the genre was bigger in the past in the West, they would all come back if we have something great that's truly different and interesting. And I think people are still interested. I think the desire is still there. And seeing the hype behind Ashes of Creation at least tells us it's still there. So that's a big positive there. I mean, look at like um like the social cachet of these games. Sword Art Online, you know, people a lot of people were into Sword Art Online because it kind of has MO elements to it, right? Mm -hmm. And more recently, there's that Chinese uh there's that Chinese anime that came out, the Chinese cartoon yeah, about Tencent made guy it, right? Yeah, Tencent made that one as well. That's an esports player playing an MMORPG, and people are interested. There is social, like, people are, like, I, I'll still watch something if it's, like, MMORPG-related, too, even if I'm not, like, into that game or, you know, the genre is still fascinating. I watch documentaries on MMORPGs because I find the genre fascinating still. So I think there's a, a giant unmet need out there for, for a game, for a, a different MMORPG that's not WoW, that does something different. Yeah. It's a real experience. And yeah. whether whether studios today are, make, are working on MMORPGs, um, mm -hmm. I think there's a broad consensus between players and studios that kind of MMORPG genre is like the top of the pyramid, right? It's like the most high-end genre, right? So with Tencent, mm -hmm. they're trying to promote their mobile game but through an anime, but in that anime, the guy is not playing mobile games, right? He's playing that MMORPG, like you said. So On the PC, a traditional MMORPG, yeah. Exactly. So that, that's, still like the, that's still the gold standard of like quality and immersion and kind of like the aspiration, right? Aspiration. Mm -hmm. Even though we can't reach it right now for whatever reason, you know. <laughs> I'll put it this way: MMORPGs like WoW and and pre-WoW, right? Star Wars Galaxies, EverQuest. That's that's Rome. That's the Roman ruins. That's all right. That's the uh, Col Colosseum. And right now we're in the Dark Ages. Okay, so our our medieval Catholic priests are trying to figure out how to rebuild the Colosseum. Okay, we we, we we haven't found the technology yet, so we can't we can't we can't hold more than two thousand people on a server. We we lost that technology, I guess, with WoW and stuff. That's pretty that's pretty funny though. <laughs> that's a good a good uh, analogy, good example. 
And if anyone's curious, I did drop the anime. It's called Quan Z Gaoshu. It's fairly well rated. I've only seen two episodes so far. It's about a guy who plays an MMORPG. And honestly, the only reason I'm interested in this is because, hey, it's about a guy playing an MMORPG. I like MMORPGs, so that's the reason I'm watching it. But what's ridiculous is, like, if, if it was more realistic, like, there's some funny moments in the show where, like, he accomplishes something great and, like, it says his name on the server as the first one to do this. And everyone adds him to his friends list. His whole, like, screen is full of friend requests. But, like, if it was being realistic and it's a Chinese MMORPG, I feel like the pay-to-win stuff would be all over the place, man. Some of those Chinese browser games, the pay-to-win elements are are insane. So, it's, of course, they don't mention that in the show, though. There's no pay-to-win stuff in the show so far. I, I, I had another random thought. This is this, this is how my mind works. So, you guys know, maybe you've heard, uh, in the old days, like medieval times, uh, in the Middle East, and even today in Saudi Arabia, if you get caught stealing, they cut off your arm, uh, your hand. And one of the reasons for this is not just because you steal with your hand, but because back then you would eat with your hand. You know, like there were no like spoons. So you would just literally this big pot of food in the middle. You grab a bunch of food mm-hmm. and you put it in your mouth with, with other people around the table. And if your hand was missing, you know, everybody in that table would know you were a thief. You were branded a thief, right? So they don't want to eat with you. Mm-hmm. Now, can you imagine the future when mobile phones take over the world and all the gaming and all like, our communications done on the phone? If you if you do a crime, the punishment is they, they rip off your thumbs. <laughs> so it's like a way of crippling you where you can no longer use the phone. <laughs> so you can't like have friends and socialize and play games. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought of that, but that'd be pretty that'd be pretty interesting. <laughs> <clears throat> or they, they they cut off your thumbs for cheating, yeah? Yes, yes. If you get caught hacking. If you get caught hack hacking in an MRPG or something, they cut off your thumbs. So you can't Everybody play. knows you're a hacker. You're branded a hacker forever. <laughs> yeah, Zen, Zenny, uh, exactly. That's true. I, there's also you have to wipe with your with the other hand. I didn't want to go into that in, uh, on this PG thirteen <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but I mean, anyone interested in you know animes, maybe give it a try. It's because they're pretty decent animations, and it's about MMORPGs. And the fact that you know people still talk I, again, my mind was blown about the people talking about actual creation people that don't talk about MMORPGs like my friends who don't play MMOs anymore they ask me oh what do you think about actual creation like everyone wants that next pick MMORPG everyone is itching there is an unitched itch <laughs> for an MMORPG there's an unitched itch I, I I guarantee everyone you like I everyone I know just wants to play an MMORPG and that's why people hop between games so often when a game comes out like you like the most absurd game comes out like there's another just another area games uh X Legend game, right? Like we know what we're gonna get, right? You know what you're getting into with an X Legend game, you know, because they're basically very similar. Like everyone tries it day one, hoping it's something different. Everyone wants to scratch that itch, but every game you play, it just feels so similar that you don't get to scratch that itch. You know, it there is a demand out there, and I think because the demand is still out there, one day we're gonna get something great that's gonna be different. And hopefully that that time isn't you know too far away. And I hope it's Ashley Creation. I hope it's Chronicles of Lyria. I mean one of those games could come from kickstarter it's possible i hope it happens but i uh, you know still remain skeptical we should mention too we played um uh kingdom of loot this last week so maybe recap some feelings about that because you know with indie games i do want to highlight that kingdom of loot i thought was a pretty great start to an mmorpg oh yeah that's that was our grand fest game of uh this mm-hmm. week previous week uh, I think we both really enjoyed it. Uh, it reminds me a lot of co-op SNES games my brother and I used to play together. This was before mm-hmm. the online era, but we, you know, co-op was still a big deal. 
And uh, it really kind of gave me a sense of those old... What was that one? It was an SNES game. 2D kind of... Secret Mana? Maybe... No, no. Yeah, maybe that. It reminded me of those SNES era co-op RPGs a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and like... I had a lot of positive things to say about uh, Kingdom of Loot. Like, one, it costs money, right? Which is a bit like, eh, I don't want to pay for this. But like, I don't think the game is anywhere near complete because it lacks content. But the base game, what they, what the developer created already, is I think really impressive. I, I think it's different enough because it's, it is action oriented. Uh, it's got the very nostalgic graphics for me. I really love the the, the pixel art. I'm, I'm a sucker for pixel art, and I think they built something great to start with, right? I don't recommend buying it yet, only because there's not enough content in the game. But like, if this game had more content, like in two, three years from now, if the guy actively develops this game, I think it could be a beautiful indie game that will have a nice, solid following and make money for the guy. I mean, I had a blast with this one. I just wish there was more content in the game. Different, like, as is, it's like, it's very linear. Like, you go to this area to level up, and you have to go to this area. It's yeah, it doesn't. It's very grindy as well. Yeah, it uh, not just grindy. It's whatever. It's grindy. But this is not enough content, I think, right now to really sink yes, teeth into. Justify. Yeah, it's just one of those games. But that's you know, if you. Look, people spend a lot more than $8 on games. They play a lot less these days. So mm-hmm. if you do like the game, you will get like at least 10 hours, I say, out of it uh, at the yeah. current state. So if that's worth $8 to you, you know, like, it's like a movie ticket, right? I'm not against yeah. I'm not against buying it and enjoying it for 10 hours and then waiting a year for more content. So if that's if that's your game, go ahead. Just know what you're getting into. You're not going to get like a, a developed MMORPG at this point. I think developers even say there's about 25 hours of gameplay at the moment, and, and I respect the fact that they're being honest about that, like from the get, like on their Steam store page. Like, there's 25 hours of gameplay. After that, you're pretty much done right now. So, yeah. you know, props for being open about that. And it's a game that's on my radar. I'm gonna check it out again when there's updates because, again, I I really like the art style. The core gameplay is you know actiony and fun. So I'm hoping there's more content in the near future. So this is one to keep an eye on, and yeah. you know, I, I might do a second look video if I play some more. Yeah, to recap, uh, this was our Grindfest game of last week, Kingdom of Loot. It's on Steam, early access. We both enjoyed it, had a good time. Uh, if you like the style, we'd recommend it. And uh, speaking of, uh, a few people in comments are talking about Asta, which is also mm-hmm. on Steam now. And we will be doing that this week for Grindfest Friday. So this Friday, catch us live uh, in two more days to w- see what we think of Asta on Steam. It's free to play. Yeah, uh, that, that's a rebirth game as well. It's just, that is still the weirdest game. This game shut down in Korea, right? Very quickly. It launched in America through WebZen, and then WebZen shut it down in like six months. So it failed twice, right? Once in Korea, and if after it failed in Korea, they launched it, they peddled it to us Americans, and it failed here as well. And the third time, they're trying to get us to play it again, this, the second time for Americans. But it blew my mind how many people are still playing this. Like you, I, I thought after it failed and it relaunched, Nobody would play this, right? Because everyone had a chance to play it back when Webzen published it, and nobody really did. But the game is getting 1,600 peak players online in the last 24 hours. 1,600. Wow. Yeah, this game was supposed to be the the World of Warcraft of the East when it was first announced, I believe, in 2010. Uh, So it's been been in the oven for a while, and it's getting a little crispy at this moment. It's cooking. It's still cooking. (laughs) So we'll see. We'll see if it ever... You know what? If you can keep these numbers, 1,600. Oh, it'd be amazing. Yeah, that's a success. That's a successful oh, yeah. you know, niche MMORPG right there. Uh, but we'll see if, if it can keep those numbers. And I'll try. I, I've, I I, Omar's tried this before for a first look. I'm showing that on the stream. But I have never played this game, so you guys will get my honest first look opinion as well uh, on mm-hmm. Friday. I'm looking forward to playing this again, actually. Did, look. There's a weird, like, maybe I'm weird in saying this, but I enjoy playing, like, just random MMORPGs. Like, just make a character, 
play to like level 25, 30, sink like five, 10 hours into it and just maybe like move on to something else. Like for some reason, I, I enjoy that experience. So oh, you and I, I enjoy are... doing it again, Asta. Maybe I can keep playing. I don't know. We are we are unabashed and uh, proud MMO hoppers here. So yes, I got no problem playing a game uh, for a day or two or a week and then just moving on to the next one. I know a lot of people don't feel that way. They don't want to, they'd rather read up on a game for like a day or two um, mm -hmm. rather than dedicate or like invest their time into a game. Uh, my, my, oh. you know, you learn by doing, just jump in, see uh, if you like it. I lost it. your audio? You lost. Are you still with me? I'm with you. Okay. All right. We had, a, we had a bit of lag there. I think we're good now. Oh, interesting. All right. You're back. We're off for like five seconds. Hmm. The gag. The gag. All right. Well, again, Friday, you will see us play Asta. A-S-T-A. They spam the keyboard. Not to be confused with Asta, which is another game. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. Uh, one more thing we should probably touch upon real quick is uh, Bless Russia. There's a lot Ooh. of hope for Bless, Ooh, and yeah. this is a big one. It's actually very saddening that Bless uh, Russia is shutting down for revisions on uh, on May 25th. This is probably, you know, after actual creation, probably the biggest news of the week, too. Yes. And it's really sad to see a game that, you know, all this money was poured into making this game. Some context for you guys that don't know. Uh, I think Neowiz spent upwards of 61 million US dollars developing Bless. And it's shutting down in Russia. The Russian version was the most easily accessible version of Bless as well, where you could just play it pretty easily from the West. You turn on the, you toggle the VPN when you launch the game, you can turn it off and it works. But the Korean version uh, is a bit hard to access because you have to keep the VPN on, I believe, the whole time. It's, it's more of an ordeal. But the Russian version is shutting down on May 25th for, quote, revisions. So it's after that we have to wait for the I imagine Neowiz to actually churn out the Western version for area and then they'll probably get the same version and then we'll be able to play it again. But if you never played Bless, you can still enjoy it for uh for what's uh, another twenty four days or so, twenty three days. But it's sad to see it go. You know, there's no yeah. other easily accessible version. We uh we here at MMOs we played Bless uh, I think believe twice right for uh Sunday fun or uh, for Sunday fun at your grind fest. And it was it, we had a lot of fun with it. It did have problems. It was laggy. It had memory leaks, mm -hmm. um, even on our high-end computers. But yep. despite those problems, we enjoyed it. We had a fun time. There was some nice dungeons early on. Uh, it looked gorgeous. The soundtrack was by Hans Zimmer. It was it was really nice. That, that's where all the money man. All the money went, I guess. It's it's a boat. It's a boat that's rocking in the ocean, and uh, it's it's taking on water. This project is a little shaky right now. I want to believe. Uh, it really is going to come back when the revisions are done for mm -hmm. the you know, Western version, but but I, I don't I just don't know if look, I believe the stories. Look, I I still remain I think bless although it didn't rock the genre boat too much like it's still just pretty much a traditional RPG. It, it it did have a little bigger scale you know the giant world you can see massive into the distance and like it felt nice the combats the dungeons were challenging the bosses were challenging and it was fun right the. What blows my mind is that this game launched in both Korea and Russia. Like, it launched as in the state it was in. If literally anybody played this game, any of the executives at Neoways, any of the testers, any of the programmers played this game, mm -hmm. they would realize in the first five minutes, like the first hour of playing this game, that this game was not ready. It's not ready because it was unplayably unoptimized. Hmm. I, I have a GTX 1080, a top-end i7, and I couldn't play bless with good frames after the first 40 minutes or so it would memory leak and i had the same issue on my second computer overseas my brother had the same issue in both vegas and overseas so as did you know the people we played with 
Like, the game was unoptimized, and if you search threads about the game online, bless low FPS, it was a, it's a problem that plagued the game. So not only were the system requirements very high, it was like plus a 30 GB download, right? Beautiful looking game, very high system requirements, but beyond that, it just didn't work on so many setups. You cannot have a successful MMORPG that's not well optimized. Like, optimization is the most important thing. It's the most important thing. It's still weird that we have games like Terra and Blame Soul that still aren't like perfectly like well optimized, considering how old they are now. Like, it, I, I still lag in Blame Soul and Terra, like when I most recently played them, even though the games are so old now. You need it is nuts that you can't play these games without lag. And, and how can they expect the game to be successful when nobody can play it? Uh, look, I, I really hope the revision fixes it. But here's hmm. the thing: I'm so I'm so worried, and. What yo love them or hate them? These Kickstarter MMORPGs projects, at, at least they kind of communicate with players, right? Yeah. I feel Aria is doing a really, really, really bad job communicating. They have nothing on this uh, mm -hmm. update process, right? With uh, Bless, and that makes me just—I guess maybe it's my nature—but it makes me think it's just not going to happen, right? I hope I'm wrong, but I just get this feeling that the longer this goes on and the less we hear, the more the likely the project is just dead but, but why do you think the wording was revision like the, the people that published the russian version right uh 101 xp or whatever they said the game is shutting down for revision mm -hmm. i imagine somebody at the publisher must have heard something from uh like talk to uh like the folks over at neowiz like yo what's going on like why are you not updating our game anymore right because they're publishing agreement and they probably said listen we'll work on a new version of the game so you know until then you do what you got to do and they're probably like okay shit, we'll just shut down the current version and we'll wait for you to get the real version because the current version is laggy and all our players are complaining about the lag. Mm -hmm. So I figure there must have been some communication. I mean, they would just say the game is shut down then. They're saying it's for revision. And I'm, I think there is revision in the works. And I'm hoping we hear something by the end of the year. And considering they spent $61 million, I'm going to invoke the sunk cost fallacy over here, okay? Because it is a fallacy, but when a company spends $61 million on something, they're going to want to try recouping that, right? It's usually smart to just write it off and stop pouring money into that hole. But people, they want to at least repackage it, maybe try one more time in America or, you know, a relaunch version. If that fails, then they can shut it down. But they didn't even, they didn't even you know, it would be silly for them to give up now after spending all this time and money on the game. <laughs> it's almost like they have to just one last try of re-optimizing, releasing the action version in America. They could even launch this Bless as a buy-to-play game. And with what I've seen, I think it will sell. If they make this a buy-to-play game through area, they'll make maybe not. They won't make all sixty million back, but they'll make some of their money back. And if the game is optimized well, it could be it could be pretty decent. Uh, so I think it's gonna. I, I maintain it's gonna it's gonna launch only because they spent so much money on it, and they're not gonna pull the plug after sixty-one. That is one of the most expensive MRPGs ever developed, and it was a disaster. Do you know uh, last year, almost a year ago from now, in mm -hmm. June of twenty sixteen, they had a server merger in Korea. Uh, hmm. Their second server merge, they went from ten down to two servers. Oh, it's it's dead in Korea too. It yeah. has to be. Yes, yeah, the same game, client. It's unoptimized nonsense. This yeah. game is not doing well in its home market, and that's usually not a great sign. Uh, so count. Uh, there, I'm I'm weird. I'm optimistic on some stuff that people are pessimistic on, like Heroes of the Storm, and mm -hmm. I am pessimistic on Bless, uh, where there's still a lot of hype and. You know, hope around it. So we we'll we'll see who who you know what happens here. But uh, mm -hmm. if I I think, uh, I think bless will happen. If I put my if I was to put my money on the roulette table for this one, I would say bless is in that you know, wheel spins around. Not happening category. <laughs> so we'll see. <laughs>
Well, we'll have to wait and see. But do you know what's gonna happen? That there's a blessed mobile game that's gonna happen. Yes, that... it would be so. It would be so weird if the blessed mobile game comes out before the PC version in uh, in the West. <laughs> yes, that's true, and that kind of ties in with your whole uh, sunk cost thing. NeoWiz huh? or web, who was it? WebZen, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. They, no, they... no, NeoWiz. NeoWiz is uh, different than WebZen. WebZen. Okay, WebZen poured a lot of money into this, right? This this franchise, oh, this brand. Bless. You bless. No, it's NeoWiz, not WebZen. Yeah, yeah, NeoWiz. Okay, I know it's one of those. Yeah, yeah. One of those whizzes. <laughs> yeah, one of those whizzes. So they poured a lot of money into it. They built up this franchise. You're right. They don't want to write that off. But I think the pivot's going to go to mobile. They're going to make a blessed mobile. They're going to use a lot of the same assets, the music, um, stuff like that. So they'll they'll recoup their money there. Not not through the PC client version. Uh, Chaos says the voice of reason. Erhan, hackers enhance the gameplay. Altai. That's the voice of reason we're dealing with, boys. <laughs> maybe Chaos will agree with my uh, punishment, though, for hackers, right? You remove their thumbs in the future when it's just mobile gaming, so they can no longer play. I mean, that would affect their PC skills, too. I mean, just, Well, you know... this is my dystopia where PC is dead and it's just mobile. Oh, of know? course. That, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that is a dystopia. If I can't play PC gaming, yeah, yeah. I don't want to live in that world. I feel like you can well, play, you know, I support. You can play mm-hmm. PC games without, a, without your thumbs. I'm, doing, I'm, I'm trying it right now. It's, it's easy. You need though. No, you need. Well, how do you hit the space bar? If both your thumbs are missing, how do you hit the space bar? I, with your with your pointer finger. <laughs> no, you like use your wrist, which is awful. What? No, just your pointer, pointer finger. finger. Like your pointer finger doesn't get there easily. If you bend your pointer finger back all the way, it's so awkward. It's easier than using a phone without your thumbs. Look, I, my, my, I'm I, I'm I'm all for the most punishing move for hackers. All right, cut off their thumbs, cut off their <laughs> pointer fingers, ruin their games. All right. Oh boy. All right. Here's a fun story. Hmm. Once upon a time, I was a pretty dedicated Dota player, and I had played my fair share of ranked games. And uh, I actually threw my fair share of ranked games. You know, if I didn't, you threw a lot of games. <laughs> if I didn't get the lane I wanted, you know, I was I was I was happy to baby rage. You know, uh, even in ranked games, not just in casual. And Omar here has experienced some of that. Perhaps some of the viewers who played with me have experienced some of this in the <laughs> you know, in the long long ago of two years ago. But uh. Dota 2 is finally addressing this problem. Uh, they're going to add a phone number requirement to play ranked. What? I'm curious what Omar thinks of that uh, as a league player. I, I know league has a, a better system for dealing with you know, whiners and ragers and quitters. But do you guys think this will be effective uh, in stopping or at least in improving the ranked play experience? It, it addresses two problems. One, people like me, ragers, quitters, babies. And two... Um, Alt accounts. So if you're a pro and you know you're you know really high rated, you you could you know you ruin a lot of games for people if you play you know with, mm. with you know newbies or your friends that suck on an, on an alt account. Here you can only tie your account or your number to one account. So the goal here is to get rid of botting or alt. What smurfing is the name? Uh, yeah. Somewhere. What do you think? Good idea. Should league do something like this? I, th- I think it's a great idea. A hundred percent. Because honestly, like, I, I contribute to the problem myself. I, I play the Smurfs a lot in League to play with my friends, right? Because my account's too high rate to play with friends. And I want to play on you know my dummy accounts when I play with friends. And I do realize I ruin games. If you mm-hmm. play on a Smurf account, you are literally ruining games. You know, It's not fair to, you know, to ruin the game for like five other opponents who are just not getting a fair game. They could still win, right? Because you know, one player, even if he's really good, doesn't always carry a game on a Smurf account. It's impossible in all your games. But and then you end up stopping your lane, and like the enemy team yells at the guy that loses against you, and like I almost feel bad, like because they always say at the end of my game, report this guy, you freaking sucks. Like no, he was gonna lose. He's playing against me. 
and I'm playing on a Smurf account, he almost had no chance to win. So I think it fixed a lot of problems, the whole Smurfing thing. But I don't think it's going to fix the problem of Ragers or anything. Because uh, I don't think people ban... Uh, like, I don't think you get banned for raging as long as you don't actually quit the game. You know, you could be raging. You could be a, like, a pretty toxic, rude player, especially in a game like Dota, where you can just literally yell at somebody in voice chat, and voice chat doesn't count as like... Uh, you can't... Like, voice chat is not moderated for like bans and being toxicity or anything like that. So I don't think it will fix the raging problem, but it will fix the Smurf problem. Because Steam is not stupid. You can't use a Google Voice number on Steam as validation. You have to have an actual phone number. Maybe there will be other services that you can use, you know, VoIP numbers. But I know for a fact Google Voice numbers do not work on Steam. So really? it will limit people's accounts. Yes, I actually tried using a Google Voice number. It doesn't work. Oh, man, I thought it was smart. I actually have a, I actually have a half a dozen Google Voice accounts, which, you mm -hmm. know, I, and I was so eager. Like, ha, ha, ha. I'm going to beat Steam. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use nope. these. I can't do that, though. That sucks. No, you can't. And yeah. I think it'd be great. Smurfs do, uh, you know, hurt the gameplay experience. But I, is there a way to fix toxicity? That's the that's the million dollar question in those style games, whether it's CS:GO, Overwatch, Dota, you know, League. There, are, it's so bizarre how toxic the community is. Like, you play any game, someone's always finding a reason to like wish cancer upon you. Like, it's remarkable how angry people are online. Like, as you get older, like I don't rage. I, I, I mean, and, and if I did say, you know. A lot less now than I ever did before. Okay, it's like, but people are so angry online. Like, what is going on in their lives that they're this angry? You know, I miss the passion. Like, how though. do you fix that? I'm gonna defend that too, cause this was me. Yeah. Okay, it's called passion, baby. Like now, if I'm losing in a game, and I mean, you've probably experienced this with me, right? If I'm losing in yeah. a game, or like, imagine, um, imagine we're playing, you know, player unknown's battlegrounds, right? Mm -hmm. And I get a phone call, and we're in the middle of a fight. I'll, I'll take the phone call, right? I don't care yeah. if I lose the fight. But I remember there was a time in my life, not too long ago, I'm not that old, where yeah. if the phone rang, if my if my mom or dad were yelling at me, if I was in the middle of a fight, that's, you know, I'm focused, you know. Who cares about what's going on over there? This is this is more important, you know. And if they pulled a plug on me or something, I would just rage IRL. <laughs> this, you just didn't do it. Uh, yeah. So it's called passion, you know. So at least a rager has passion still. So I, I, I can no, respect that part of it. But it's not even passion to a certain degree. It's like the blame. Like it's usually like, oh That's my god, passion. you're so effing stupid. That's still passion. Like, but it's so obviously their fault sometimes. Like I, I'm watching a game. I'm in the game. This guy does the stupidest thing possible, and he blames everybody else. It's like, how do you? I don't know. People, people take it easy. I don't know. For themselves too. Like you can't get better if you're just yelling at everybody else. And it <laughs> happens every game. It's so weird. That's true. That's true. It's. I'm not. I'm not saying it's good or bad, right? I'm just saying it yeah. just shows that they're in. They're invested in the in the in the game, but it's almost like I want to help them learn, right? Like when I see somebody do something stupid, right? Like like clearly this guy is invested in this game. The fact that he's getting mad, right, shows that he wants to win games. Like I want to tell him how to win the game, right? Like I'm I'm better than he is. I've, I'm a server account. Like I play a lot of games. Like, I want to tell him how to win games, and like I I can't reach out to him. There's nothing I can say. He's, oh, shut the fuck up, you suck. No matter what, that's what he'll say. There's no way to like help these people. Like I want like this guy to be a better player. Like I want people to get better. Okay, and it's really simple how to get better, right? And you can have fun trolling and just dicking around, right? When you're playing League, Overwatch, any game, without like creating a horribly negative experience for everybody else. Like you can just kind of dick around in a fun way. It just you don't have to rage at people. And I, when you rage, you usually don't have a good time either. It's look, a lose lose for everyone. You, you know, I've said this before in real life stuff. Yeah. But when two people fight, and this happens a lot with couples, and I know mm -hmm. we, we went to dinner parties, my brother and I, and you'd have the husband and wife, right, or inviting us over, you'd have them argue incessantly about nothing. Like, 
Like, you always mm-hmm. put the fork on the right. You don't, you're, what, what's wrong with you? And then, like, you know what we always think? It's not about the fork, right? It's not about the fork. There's yeah. something else going on. And it's the same thing here. When someone messes up in a game and they and they start blaming other people, Omar, the last thing they want is your advice on how to get better in the game. Okay? It, that That's true. That is not, that is nowhere near their top 50 list of, of things. They're just kind of, they're just venting about something else, right? And they're using, true. they're using League as a medium for that. So I don't think you, if you're taking the time to type out how they can? Well, you should lane, you know, left and and and, and uh, poke I, I, I them from the right. I don't say that because I know they, that's not what they want. They to don't hear. care, I man. Want to help them, but they're not reading. <laughs> they're not reading what know. you're saying. <laughs> so I mean, don't understand moral of the story. Don't play the league with your girlfriend, guys. Uh, actually, I think uh, Ecobots in our chat. Uh, he actually says he doesn't play. He plays. He doesn't lane with his girlfriend in league anymore because they always uh, fight when they're laning together. They'll play the same. They'll play with each other, but they won't be in the same lane. So that's pretty funny. That it, it creates friction, even in you know. <laughs> Uh, relationship where it just it's silly how much like i don't know it's it's, it's just it's odd to exp- it's hard to explain it's, it's a hard problem to fix obviously and i don't think anyone has found a good solution for it just yet hots of the future there you go there's less rage in hots there you but go people still yell at each other there too uh mecca ranger says omer is the only one i would ra- i would lane with i appreciate that mecca <laughs> but i only play top lane or mid so i don't think we can really lane unless you're trolling me and you want to throw my game <laughs> Oh, one last thing before we get too distracted okay. about this Dota uh, patch. Besides the phone uh, attachment, <coughs> they're also going to make it so if you queue as a party um, and your solo ranking is higher than your party ranking, right? It's gonna mm-hmm. it's gonna like find a midpoint between those two and and rank and queue you as if you were that. So it's another way to stop people from uh, basically carrying their team, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're like, that's five, interesting. Yeah. So Omar, if you would queue with a party on your main account, even in league, mm-hmm. uh, it would boost you. It, it would show your rank is higher. So if you that way, when you lane with someone, you don't end up laning with someone who's like, you know, way. That's true. Worse that's a good idea. Game. Good yeah. solution, I think. Yeah. So I, I like that too. I like that. I like that they're trying new things like that. I agree. I think the the I think I don't know if league league is gonna do that, but I I hope they do. I it's, I think it's only gonna create a positive experience if they do that. Overall, smurfing is a big deal. I think in league, and it ruins a lot of people's fun. But yeah, I think uh covered most things this week. Anything else you want to add before we go to the the post game? Well, time flies. I didn't even know it's been an hour and a half. Yeah, that's that's yeah. for this week, time, guys. Time flies. That was yeah. We had a lot of fun discussions about Ashley Creation, though. That's why. Yeah. And I'm still hoping the game comes out, guys. Please make that game. I will buy it. All right. Ashes of Creation. Uh, I'm not gonna fund you. Took up like half it, our right? podcast, boys. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, and uh, if not, I'm sorry we went on about it, but we will talk about some other stuff in the post game mm-hmm. so if you are watching on youtube try to catch us live here on twitch 4 p.m pacific u.s time uh thanks on so tuesdays much. on tuesdays that's important yes on tuesdays that's important uh later you too take it easy